Welcome to the Shortwave Report. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. The Shortwave Report is a 30-minute review of news and opinion heard on the shortwave radio and the internet in Northern California. Listening to international broadcast at home is quite easy. You just need a shortwave radio with a schedule of English language broadcast or a computer or smartphone with an internet connection. To help you with this, I'll announce times, frequencies, and website addresses at the conclusion of each series of stories. At the website for this show, that's outfarpress.com, you can listen to the past five shortwave reports, find advice for listening to shortwave at home, and find internet links for global news sources. Please check it out and tell a friend. In today's edition, you'll hear reports from NHK Japan, France 24, Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, and Radio Havana Cuba. We will begin with NHK World Radio Japan. Japan, the former Soviet Union, China, India, and Japan have now successfully landed craft on the moon. President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. wants to rewrite parts of the Philippine Constitution to ease restrictions on foreign investors and extend his rule. Russian President Putin warned the West that further involvement in Ukraine, as suggested by French President Macron, could trigger a global nuclear war. NHK Japan Japan's space agency says it's re-established communication with its moon probe, confirming that the spacecraft made it through the cold lunar night. The Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, or SLIM, successfully touched down last month, making Japan the fifth country to achieve the feat. But the vehicle's solar panel was facing the wrong direction to generate power. SLIM started exploring several days later after catching some sunlight. The probe used a special onboard camera to collect data to study the origin of the moon. The probe entered a dormant state following the onset of lunar night in the area where it landed. The last communication was on January 31st. The Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, says SLIM was not designed to endure through the night when the temperature plunges to about minus 170 degrees Celsius. But JAXA said on Monday communication was re-established after the sun reappeared. The agency says it terminated contact after a short time to avoid failure of the probe's communication equipment due to overheating. JAXA aims to communicate with the probe again and use the lander's camera to gather new data. China has unveiled plans for a record-setting number of space missions this year. Its state-owned contractor says it's aiming for around 100 rocket launches, including a trailblazing lunar probe. The launch list includes sending an unmanned vehicle to the far side of the moon in the first half of this year. The goal is to bring back samples from a region near the lunar south pole for the first time in human history. Scientists believe the area could contain water in the form of ice. The aerospace contractor also outlined plans for crewed missions to China's space station to further Beijing's space exploration endeavors. It comes as international competition to probe the moon is heating up this year. Just last week, a U.S. space venture became the first private company to land an unmanned craft on the lunar surface. 
Moving to the Philippines, President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. says he's considering holding a plebiscite to revise the country's constitution next year. He says the move is aimed at easing restrictions on foreign investors, but critics see it as an attempt to remove the presidential term limit. Marcos suggested on Wednesday the plebiscite will be held together with the midterm elections in May 2025. The current constitution limits foreign ownership in areas such as public services and natural resources development projects. Marcos says economic provisions need to be amended to prop up the country's growth. But the plan has drawn opposition, including former President Rodrigo Duterte. He accuses Marcos of seeking to prolong his rule, which is now limited to a single six-year term. The current constitution took effect in 1987, following the end of a decades-long dictatorship by late former President Ferdinand Marcos, the father of the incumbent leader. Critics say the revision is expected to draw backlash from the public. Russian President Vladimir Putin is warning the West against deeper involvement in Ukraine or risk a greater nuclear conflict. He made the comments during his annual State of the Nation address in Moscow on Thursday. We also have weapons that can hit targets on their territory. And they should realize what they're doing, trying to scare the whole world. It does risk a conflict with nuclear weapons, which means the destruction of civilization. Don't they understand this? Putin's warning appears to be in reference to a statement by French President Emmanuel Macron earlier this week on the possibility of sending Western troops to Ukraine. Speaking to lawmakers and members of Russia's elite, Putin reiterated the importance of unity over its military operation. Our citizens, our unity, our devotion to our country, our responsibility for its fate, these qualities were clear and unambiguous at the beginning of the special military operation, when most Russians supported it. I thank everyone who is now fighting for the interests of the fatherland. In response to Sweden newly joining NATO, Putin says Russia needs to strengthen its military capabilities. Putin's remarks come as Russia prepares for a presidential election in March that he is expected to win. Those reports were from NHK World Radio Japan. On shortwave, they are heard at 9 p.m. at 13735 or on the web at www.3.nhk.or.jp. They are also available at most podcast sites, as is the shortwave report. All the times I mention are for Pacific Standard Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. Next, France 24. Press reviews on President Macron's suggestion that Western troops might enter Ukraine to battle with Russia. Press reviews on Sweden ending two centuries of military neutrality by joining NATO. 100 schools in southern France are experimentally requiring school uniforms. The French Senate voted to enshrine the freedom to abortion into their constitution. 
There are more than 3,000 wildfires raging in northern Brazil, a fourfold increase from last year. France 24. French President uh, Emmanuel Macron on Monday suggested uh, that the West uh, could send troops to Ukraine. Uh, that, of course, uh, in the last few days has caused quite a, sc- a stir. Uh, how is the press covering the reaction to that statement? Yeah, the story isn't dying down all over the front pages of the French newspapers this morning, as you'd perhaps expect. I'll start with Aujourd'hui en France. They say that despite the precautious tone that Macron took, his comments have still caused a major stir. They have the, the headline here in Maintenant des Troupes and now Troops. They say it sparks the return of the fear of a conventional conflict on the European continent. The more liberal l'opinion Uh, have this. Uh, They say that Macron's real plan is to open the debate and send a signal to Vladimir Putin. If we go to the left-leaning Libération, they have the man himself on their front page this morning. They say it cannot be denied that a change is taking place in France's and perhaps Europe's position towards Russia. They nonetheless deem the head of state's comments rather clumsy and they end with, if Emmanuel Macron was a great diplomat, we would know by now. Several French dailies have described Macron as a warmonger, including Le Figaro. They worry that his comments could have the opposite effect of what was intended. I'll show you some international reactions to finish. This is Politico. They bring you the Russian reaction. They've warned NATO of certain war if the West were to put troops in Ukraine. They note that allied leaders have rushed to distance themselves from Macron's comments. Uh, Criticism has been particularly strong in Germany. Süddeutsche Zeitung has this this morning. Uh, They denounce the mania for big announcements, which they say is rather typical of Macron. They say this quite often a glaring gulf between his words and his deeds. And a historic yes to a process that began just after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, the Dagens Theater, which is a, a major Swedish paper, calling it, uh, headlining on that, saying it's an historic yes to Sweden joining NATO, choosing to nonetheless uh, headline with a picture of Viktor Orban on its front page, Viktor Orban in um, Parliament, the Hungarian leader, because indeed Hung- Hungary's parliament finally ratified S- Sweden's NATO bid after more than a year of delays. It was the last obstacle, really, standing in the way of Sweden joining NATO. Uh, this paper here, the, the Svenska Dagbladet, says, calls it an historic day, headlining rather on the Swedish prime minister on its front page, uh, quoting him as saying that it was a historic day. It also marks, of course, uh, an end to two centuries of a policy of military neutrality in the country, the paper notes. It's incredible. And also, I suppose, Sweden, with the help of some uh, leasing of some Gripen uh, aircraft to Hungary too, a decision that's been noted across international press today. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal, Gavin, uh, hailing this decision today today as well. Also uh, noting why Sweden joining NATO will be uh, um, ben- will bring a lot of benefits to the alliance itself. For the Wall Street Journal, NATO gains uh, with Sweden a solidly anti-Russian member with a world-class military 
military industry that will provide critical defense of Europe's northern flank. It also provides a successful model for national security because Sweden engages teenagers, retirees, public school teachers, police officers as part of its strategy of national, de uh, national defense. It's a stark contrast to views elsewhere that national security should be handled only by uh, a nation's military. Now here in France, something that I think uh, many children in the UK, the US and elsewhere might be used to, but with the school holidays over um, in the south of France, it's back to school with a difference. Yeah, back to school with a uniform, uh, Gavin. It's part of a national experiment, as you said there. That's right. Uh, for many of us living in the UK, parts of the US, Australia, New Zealand, India, uh, wearing a uniform is something that has really been you know, synonymous with our childhoods. But here in France, it is a very uh, foreign concept. Uh, in any case, the national experiment is uh, the brainchild, or is at least was spearheaded by former education minister, now Prime Minister Gabriel Attal. Um, uh, around 100 schools are trialing it, and if it's successful, it could be implemented. Mand it could be a mandatory. A thing in French schools in about two years' time. Uh, the uniforms themselves are quite arbitrary. That's what Le Figaro explains. It sort of usually has been left to the uh, to to the decision of children and schools themselves, uh, but kind of consists of a polo shirt, um, <clears throat> a blazer and sweater. Le Figaro heads to Bézier, which is one of the first towns to try out this uniform experiment. Children have reacted rather positively. One uh, child here... <clears throat> is quoted as saying it feels like we're in Harry Potter. Uh, one parent is quoted as saying that it, you know, it's great because it puts everyone on equal footing in terms of socioeconomic status. But it is a controversial idea. Um, detractors say that the money could be better spent. And one teacher is quoted as saying the uniforms will not necessarily foster school spirit or improve grades and that it simply takes France back 100 years. A tearful embrace after a groundbreaking vote. 267 senators backed a bill enshrining the freedom to abortion in the French constitution. We've taken an extraordinary step towards protecting a fundamental right. It's an extraordinary step forward for French women. But it's also an extraordinary step forward for all women across the world who've seen today that thanks to feminist activism, when women mobilize, when activists, non-activists, mothers, cousins and sisters ask their senators to vote for them, they can win victories, even extraordinary victories we thought were impossible just last year. Ahead of that decision, legislators saw off an amendment that would have removed the word guaranteed from the term guaranteed freedom to terminate. Any changes would have sent the bill back to the National Assembly, delaying its adoption. Now the text has cleared those hurdles in the Senate, France is on track to become the first country in the world to protect the freedom to abortion in its constitution. Tonight, the Senate has written a new page in women's rights. This vote is historic. French President Emmanuel Macron had pledged to change the constitution after the US rolled back its reproductive rights last year. Lawmakers argued they should not wait until the freedom to have an abortion is actively threatened to protect it. And some expressed hope that reproductive health care could one day become a fundamental European right, along with feminist activists who protested in Paris ahead of the vote.
We have seen full-on attacks on the right to abortion in Europe. That's why France needs to take a strong stand to support other European countries. The text will be put before a joint session in Parliament on Monday, where it is expected to be approved by a three-fifths majority. Brazilian workers log and remove charred trees as nearly 3,000 wildfires continue to rage in northwestern Brazil, devastating wildlife and threatening native communities. We're suffering the consequences of climate change. We're again looking for information, trying to examine the consequences for us as an indigenous population and also for the environment. How are we going to face this? How can we alleviate this situation? The Brazilian government estimates that wildfires in January and February have increased by 465% over last year. In addition, this month's estimated carbon emissions from fires in Brazil, Venezuela and Bolivia have been the highest of any February in 21 years, according to the Copernicus Atmosphere Monitoring Service. This is unusual for the region, as peak season for wildfires normally ranges from September to October. Recent regional wildfires have released almost 10 megatons of carbon into the atmosphere, causing long-lasting climate change impacts and more immediate air quality issues. There are some um, components, some chemicals released in from these emissions which can persist for longer in the atmosphere and then they could potentially affect air quality hundreds or thousands of kilometers uh, downwind. Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva has made protection of the rainforest a cornerstone of his administration, vowing to eliminate deforestation by 2030. His government has proposed large-scale crackdowns on illegal logging and mining operations, as well as sought international financing for a fund to pay landowners to protect forested areas. Those reports were from France 24. France 24 may be easily found at their website, france24.com, as well as a YouTube channel called France 24 English. On to Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. The European Parliament has passed the bill requiring each country to restore 20% of its land and seas to natural conditions by 2030. Macron's threat of possible ground troop placement in Ukraine resulted in most European and NATO leaders strongly disapproving his notion. The death toll in Palestine has now topped 30,000 people, and more than 100 people were killed and 700 injured Thursday while waiting for humanitarian aid to be delivered in Gaza City after Israeli troops opened gunfire on crowds. Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. The European Parliament has passed a bill that aims to protect nature across the bloc. The bill requires EU member states to enact measures to restore a fifth of their land and seas to their natural condition by 2030. Lawmakers adopted the legislation despite the ongoing farmers' protests across Europe over the EU's green policies. We start with apparent disagreement amongst Western leaders over the idea of sending ground troops to Ukraine. And this began when French President Emmanuel Macron signaled that doing so could be necessary to ensure that Russia doesn't win the war. Well, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and other European leaders have been walking back that suggestion. The White House has since added that the US will also not send troops. 
back in Germany from his meeting with EU leaders and Western officials in Paris, Chancellor Olaf Scholz reiterated his stance on further support for Ukraine in its defence against Russia. We obviously discussed ways to arrange for the support. And after a very good debate, we decided that what was agreed from the outset also applies to the future. Namely, that there will be no ground troops, no soldiers on Ukrainian soil sent there by European countries or NATO states. This puts him at odds with French President Emmanuel Macron, who raised eyebrows during the meeting when he said that the option of putting boots on the ground in Ukraine should remain open. There is no consensus today to send ground troops in an official, endorsed and sanctioned manner. But in dynamic terms, nothing should be ruled out. We will do whatever it takes to ensure that Russia cannot win this war. Other leaders have been quick to react. Spain, Italy, the UK, Poland, NATO and the European Commission have underlined that they have no plans to send ground troops to Ukraine. The Kremlin has responded by saying that if European NATO members decide to send troops to Ukraine, direct conflict between Russia and NATO would become inevitable. Now, the health ministry in Gaza, which is controlled by Hamas, says the death toll since the start of the war has now topped 30,000 people. The ministry says more than 100 people were killed on Thursday while they were waiting for humanitarian aid in Gaza City. Many of the more than 700 wounded were rushed to hospital. Israeli media say an initial military probe found that Israeli soldiers did open fire on the crowd, believing they posed a threat. Those reports were from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, DW.com, as well as on YouTube at their channels called DW News and DW Documentary, as well as most podcast sites. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report, or could help support this listener-funded program, like continuing supporters in Dublin, Ireland, and Idaho did this week, PayPal contact information is available at my website, outfarpress.com, or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California, 95490. Your support helps the weekly production and distribution of this show, which is supplied without cost to more than 100 radio stations across the globe. We will conclude with Radio Havana, Cuba. Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Mohammed Sheikh and his government submitted their resignations on Monday amid pressure to reform due to the escalation of violence and new settler development. Israel targeted eastern Lebanon for the first time since October. Geneva-based Human Rights Monitor says Israel has been killing Palestinian civilians who were following Israeli evacuation plans. Radio Havana, Cuba. Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shtajit 
has announced the resignation of his government, which rules parts of the occupied West Bank due to the escalation of violence in the occupied territory and the war in Gaza. Stadia's comments came as U.S. pressure goes on Abbas to shake up the Palestinian Authority and began work on a political structure that can govern a Palestinian state following the war. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has on numerous occasions rejected calls for a Palestinian Authority under Abbas to take control as a Palestinian state and govern Gaza. Stadit, who was appointed as Prime Minister in 2018, said in October that the current U.S. administration doesn't have the political will to end Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Last week, Israeli lawmakers backed Netanyahu's rejection of any unilateral recognition of a Palestinian state. But the Palestinian Ministry of Foreign Affairs slammed the vote and accused Israel of holding the rights of Palestinians hostage due to the occupation of Palestinian territories. Since the signing of the Oslo Accords in early 1990s, little progress has been made towards achieving a two-state solution, as the International Court of Justice hears from about 50 countries on the legal implications of Israel's occupation of the West Bank. The far-right Israeli finance minister, Besalis Nutrich, on Thursday announced plans to build more than 3,300 new homes in response to a shooting that killed one Israeli civilian. Smutrich said the decision would begin an approval process for 300 new homes in the Keller settlement and 2,350 in Melodanim, where the attack occurred. The U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said he was disappointed to hear of the Israeli announcement of the new settlements. Lebanese security officials say Israel has targeted eastern Lebanon for the first time since the war in Gaza began in October last year. At least two people were killed on Monday after Israeli military planes carried out three airstrikes on the outskirts of Udai village near Baalbek, a Hezbollah stronghold in the Baqa Valley, about 100 kilometers from the Israel-Lebanon border. The attacks targeted a convoy of trucks, with Israeli military saying it struck Hezbollah terror targets deep inside Lebanon. Confirming the strikes, Israel's army said its jets targeted sites used by Hezbollah for its aerial defense system, adding that They came in response to the launch of a surface-to-air missile that downed an Israeli drone earlier on Monday in southern Lebanon, where most Israeli attacks had happened before. A Geneva-based rights organization says the Israeli regime has turned a so-called safe corridor to which the people of Gaza could travel south into a trap to kill displaced Palestinians. In a Sunday report, Your Med Human Rights Monitor said it has documented the killing of Palestinian civilians by Israeli forces at the Wadi Gaza checkpoint after they were forced to flee from Gaza City to the Al Mawasi area in the south of the territory. Aeromed added that its observers have documented horrifying testimonies about Israeli tanks firing artillery shells and bullets and more than 300 civilians, most of them women children and the elderly, last Thursday as they tried to flee from Gaza City to the south of the Gaza Valley. The rights organization concluded its report by calling for the formation of an independent international investigation committee specializing in Israel's ongoing military attack on the Gaza Strip.
and opening the necessary investigations into all crimes and violations committed against Palestinians, including the deliberate killing and extrajudicial execution of civilians. Those reports were from Radio Havana, Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radiohc.cu. There's no podcast, however. On shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15140, and from 5 p.m. to 11 at either 606060 or 6165. At their website, radiohc.cu, you could stream the English version at noon, Monday through Friday, Pacific Standard Time. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people like you to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. You will have to look harder these days because of U.S. and E.U. prohibitions on media. Every Thursday evening, I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show. That's outfarpress.com. At my website, you can also listen to past shows, find information for online support. There's a link at my website along with the podcast link and get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 27th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. For 26 years, the shortwave report has been produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar panels. While I am recuperating from spinal surgery, I am staying in a house that is connected to the grid. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.